speaking of wonderful guests, we have Creator Fundamentals. He is Dan Courier. He is a terrific YouTuber, nearly 40,000 subscribers. He helps make YouTube simple and easy for people who would like to demystify it a little bit and learn how to go about creating content and kind of figuring out the algorithm and, and some of the complexities of YouTube and the, the language that might be unique to YouTube if you're new to it. Uh, but first, we want to talk about a new event that Dan's putting together. It's called People of Video. And Dan, what makes you think you're allowed to put an event on the East Coast for video creators? <laughs> I think it's about time that we actually have one on the East Coast. Uh, you know, location is actually one of the contributing factors that made me come up with this crazy idea that I was just going to throw my own conference uh, here in upstate New York. So uh, it's good to be here, by the way. Thank you yeah. for having me. Um, but yeah, I mean, the uh, the idea is a little bit crazy to to not try to do it in New York City or, um, you know, or to come or not so much compete, but uh, in a little bit of contrast to the fact that everything is on the West Coast. Uh, myself, uh, in all the conferences that I've been to, have been in California. And for everybody that's on the East Coast, it'd be nice to have the opportunity to get together with our fellow, fellow creators without traveling uh, cross country. So that was part of the inspiration uh, for People of Video, for sure. Yeah, the People of Video conference is coming up in May of 2020. You can check it out at peopleofvideo.com. We also have a link on livestreamdeals.com. Um, tell us about the event and how it's different from some of the other events like VidCon and VidSummit and Video Marketing World and even South by Southwest. Those are kind of two in Texas, two in California. It's different just by being in New York. But what right, else? Right. Are, are, you have a different theme to it than, than some of the other conferences. So I've kind of been thinking about this for a while, and I've always kind of recognized that a lot of what we do is built on the relationships that we form with other creators. Uh, obviously, through our creative work, you and I were able to meet right. each other. Uh, you know, so relationships, opportunities, all of those things really are driven through the relationships with the people uh, that we meet at these conferences and other events. So the reason that I and uh, I was actually at Social Media Marketing World. Um, and in part, listening to the keynote there, I believe it was by Mark Schaefer uh, talking about the future, the evolution of marketing and how it was uh, moving more towards personal relationships. And that just reinforced the thoughts that I was already having. Uh, so I had been planning on having the conference for a while. I was trying to uh, really think about how I wanted to make it different and and what I thought was really most relevant for now and in the future. And uh, to me, the, it always comes down to the relationships, your ability to interact. People will often go to conferences, pay a ton of money for the ticket, and then say, uh, you know, some of the greatest parts of the conferences happened in the hallways. And that's because they're interacting with the people and they're forming those, those bonds that are, you know, personal, friendly, and also professional in the sense that you're developing business partners and collaborations and things like that. So uh, to that end, my focus on people of video, uh, at the end of the day, people still want to be educated at this type of conference. So we're going to have speakers like all conferences do, but I'm paying extra attention to ways in which I can um, help the people who come to the conference be able to interact with everybody else who comes. So we're planning uh, some unique ideas, or at least I think they're unique ideas, uh, in order to bring the 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 possibility of collaboration together, uh, more interactive 
um, type activities that really encourages people to get to know everybody else that's at the conference with them. Because ultimately, yes, speakers are going to provide them value in the short term, but there's going to be people sitting next to them at that conference that they're going to be friends with for the rest of their life. So uh, to that end, I want to make sure they meet the person next to them. Uh, that sounds fantastic. Are you able to share a little bit about either some of the sessions or some of the speakers uh, at this point? So uh, I've been in talks with a, a number of speakers and we're actually going to start releasing them. I actually uh, did add a few of the speakers to uh, the website today. Uh, Dale Roberts from uh, Self-Publishing with Dale is going to be with us. Uh, Todd.live. Um, Eddie Garrison is also from Clover Media is going to be uh, speaking with us as well. Uh, I have other uh, verbal confirmations and we're working out uh, some details on those. And I am uh, hopefully going to be announcing them in the very near future. So uh, definitely uh, stay tuned to uh, peopleofvideo.com uh, and also on social media. You can follow us because we will announce uh, those speakers as we as soon as we can. Do you have a target number as far as attendees go and what the space? You know, um, so originally I was trying to keep it at around a uh, hundred people. Um, but, uh, I realized that I have a, a greater opportunity to do uh, or to allow more people to come to the event, uh, given the space that we have. Uh, the space can technically hold 370 people, but based on how I want to configure it to make certain areas of it a little more collaborative, I think we're going to shoot for uh, around 250. Um, that will allow us to give as many people the opportunity uh, to actually come in person and hang out at the event. Plus, we're also super excited because I just added it today. We're going to be selling virtual tickets so people will be able to attend via live stream uh, oh, nice. and uh, they'll be able to tune in and do that. We're uh, in talks with um, uh, people who can actually uh, conduct and control uh, run the live streams for us during the event. Has there ever been any type of video creator, YouTuber type of conference in Albany before? Or is this the, the first big one? That, um, in, in my knowledge, no. I mean, I'm sure there may be local events. Um, in, in the time that I've been doing YouTube, I haven't really encountered any significant uh, creator events. Like I said, I'm sure there's pockets or little things in certain areas or maybe in the, the Northeast somewhere. Obviously, there are occasional things that happen in New York City, um, but I kind of wanted to move away from New York City. Uh, plus, in the last few years, uh, Albany also built a conference center. So from a scalability perspective, uh, after we get the process down, we can scale beyond uh, the size that we're at now and be able to uh, actually uh, allow more people to come and uh, make human connections. How's the response been within the community there? I, I can tell already just from some of the names you've mentioned and some of the chatter online that within the, the video creator community, there's a lot of buzz and excitement. How about uh, in the Albany area? So, yeah, definitely a lot. Uh, because I'm still, I've shared it a lot more online with our greater community uh, because I'm still uh, planning out some of the logistics of it. We are still a little less than a year away. Uh, as far as like a local push, that's going to come a little bit later. Um, but like I said, one of the reasons that um, unlike like Los Angeles, where you have just an absolute dense population of creators in New York and the, and New England and, and this general area in the Northeast creators are a little more spread out. 
Uh, you know, I know a lot of creators that are down in Pennsylvania and in central New York and western New York and up in Toronto and all of these uh, places are close, but you're not going to go down to your local coffee shop and meet one of them and have a collaborative effort there. But Albany is a a, a central location to Pennsylvania and, and right. Toronto and those kind of places. So it's a perfect opportunity to give people um, a conference that they can get to without having to jump on a plane for six or eight hours to head over to the West coast. So oh, I'm, I'm always giddy when I can just drive to a conference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, podcast movement was in Philadelphia last year and that really made my, made my year. Uh, right. and so I, I'm excited to be able to drive to this event and see so many, uh, great creators and speakers. Um, in addition to people of video conference and you, you can get your ticket or find out more information by going to, peopleofvideo.com or livestreamdeals.com. Either way, uh, click on through and, and check it out. Uh, it's going to be an awesome event. You're also a fantastic talent at video creation and photography and videography and understanding what makes for good content and effective content on YouTube. Your channel is youtube.com slash creator fundamentals. Tell us first, for those who uh, might not be familiar with it, tell us a little bit about the idea behind your channel and how you got started with it. So the origin of Creator Fundamentals uh, happened in 2017, I guess it is now. Uh, I actually had another YouTube channel called The Average Dan, and I, I still do. It was basically a place where I would upload tutorial videos on... Um, problems that I ran into that I couldn't find a solution to. So I decided as I was working my way through it, I would upload a video so the next person could watch my video and save themselves some grief. So uh, <laughs> I had, you know, that epiphany moment at some point where I was like, you know what, maybe I should actually learn the best way uh, to get people to watch my videos on YouTube. And it was a matter of four months where I started to apply best practices on the average Dan. And I saw the transition on that channel uh, that I uh, started trying to share some of those things that I learned with uh, the people in my small YouTubers community at the time. Uh, and what I found is that while some people were receptive, uh, the average Dan really wasn't the proper platform to share that information. So I kind of caught the bug and I was like, hey, there is an actual way to do this. There are things that you can do uh, that I would later call fundamentals that actually allow you to move at a much quicker pace. I mean, there's channels out there that have been on YouTube for five years and they just have an ultimate struggle because they haven't actually explored the mechanics of how it works and what you actually do to grow. Uh, and there's a lot of opportunity once you know those fundamentals, those basics out there uh, that can really help you get the most out of your content and get your content out to as many people as possible. So uh, it was like four months later, I decided to do Creator Fundamentals. I think it was like six or eight months later that I actually launched it. I launched the channel in uh, June of 2017. We just crossed the two-year mark uh, in mid-June. Um, and it's all about simplifying YouTube, breaking things down. Um, if there's any significant feedback that that uh, sticks in my mind that I get from my community, uh, it's that uh, I get a lot of feedback that that I'm able to break things down in in a simple, straightforward way. Um, to understand, which is uh, right. a little bit more straightforward than me trying to explain this, but <laughs> the uh, 
so that's kind of what I wanted to uh, emphasize in the content. I didn't want to get you know super technical. I wanted to be a resource for the people that were just getting started on YouTube, uh, either right right onto the platform or people that had been on the platform but hadn't really learned how it works. So that's why I named it Creator Fundamentals. I wanted people to have a foundation. In fact, my original tagline was build a foundation for YouTube success because I wanted to give people that that footing that it took me a little while to learn uh, right off the bat and try to um, shorten their learning curve as much as possible. And that's what I've been working on for the last two years. Well, what's amazing is that a lot of people think YouTube's just too crowded and it's too hard to build a presence there and it's too hard to make an impact and it takes too long. And when you said the middle of 2017, I, I met you in October of 2017 on a bus to the airport, I think it was. Right. Uh, a shuttle between yeah the, LAX the and, and the uh, airport, I think it was yeah at, at the end of Vid Summit, and I could tell you already kind of had figured out a lot of stuff with YouTube, and you were, I could tell you had a confidence about you that you knew what was what you wanted to do and where it was going, and and um, it's amazing in in two years you've built up a very powerful channel and presence. What role does live streaming play for you in in uh, in in your growth or your development or your community building? I know you go live every week on Wednesday nights. Yep. Yeah, it's it's been huge in terms of building uh, building a community and building uh, that opportunity to interact directly with your community. Uh, doing the regular live streams is uh, it's not so much about a growth thing; it's more about making yourself present and available. And you know, rather than somebody watching a video and having a question and posting it in comments, there's an opportunity there where you can ask a question live and get an answer uh, to it. So uh, it's really powerful from a community aspect, um, and it's just it it allows you to um, kind of follow up on the content that you're making in a way where uh, either you're able to address common problems that people are, are encountering um, or somebody can ask a follow-up question to something they learned and they didn't quite get all of the details on. So it's really helpful in that regard. And plus, we also do channel reviews where somebody who is trying to improve their channel, we can actually look at uh, where they are in the process and kind of uh, take a look at some opportunities for improvement. What are some of those fundamentals then that people can look at and, and start to assess how they're doing on, on YouTube? So I think probably the biggest mistake that people make um, is being really broad in their content or not even having an idea of why they're making videos. They're just, I want to make videos on YouTube. I'm going to be a vlogger. And for a lot of people who haven't done any research on it, being a vlogger is simply make a video, whatever comes to mind on a given day and put it on YouTube. Well, the reality is, especially when you're working off of a, a subscriber base, is that people subscribe to your channel for something. Typically, they end up coming to your channel through a single video. So if they see a cat video and they subscribe to your channel and then tomorrow you upload a video of your kids play and then the next day you're working on your car, there's a disconnect there and you're not really uh, giving them what their expectations were. You're, you're not meeting those expectations. So ultimately what happens is they either stop caring about the content that you're making or they leave the channel altogether. And neither one of those is really good for growth. So 
the one of the the core uh, foundational or fundamental elements is to focus in on a niche. You want to have a specific topic that your entire channel is revolved around uh, and stick to that topic. Focus on that as much as possible and make sure that each time a video comes out, you are um, you know, serving those people who chose to subscribe to your channel because you're giving them exactly what they signed on for. So it starts with picking a, a, a niche that, that is not broad at all. You want to you want to go deep with one subject right. or one aspect of one subject in some and, cases. Yeah. And, and then do you recommend for people who have two interests that aren't that closely related, just have two different channels like you have multiple channels right yeah and it's it uh, i will say it, it is a lot of work to run a youtube right. channel to grow a youtube channel so uh yes if you are seriously intent on on covering multiple topics uh it's probably better to have them on separate channels now if you're going to do if you have a focus channel and you've done 50 videos and you do one kind of off-wall video just to share a bit of your personality or something with your audience that's not going to ruin your channel people probably aren't going to bail from your channel because of that um it's the idea that you're constantly doing different stuff. So if that's your passion, if you have two different passions and you want to make content on this, it's probably better that they're on different channels. That way you're not going to um, cause confusion with your subscriber base and potentially cause people to leave because they're not getting what they expected. Right, right. So. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, so if you really want to upload that video of your kids play or recital, then make a separate channel and make that your whatever channel. Uh, you can absolutely have a channel and just put up videos to share uh, like the initial intent, intent of YouTube was back in the day where people, in fact, I have a channel, a personal channel from years ago that just has family videos on it. So uh, those are fine. You just want to keep them away from the actual content that you're trying to use uh, to grow an audience. In terms of creating the video itself, um, mm -hmm. is there a certain number of minutes people should look at when they're creating their first few videos? Is there a certain structure that you, you, you believe they should use? I know one of the mistakes some people do is they take too long to tell you what the video is about or why you should stay tuned or, yeah. you know, there's certain, they do, they go into their intro music and it plays for 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. like that. Uh, what are some of the things that, that right away you, you got to think about doing when you're doing your first few videos, if you want to capture people's attention? So, you know, it was interesting when you were, were chatting, um, which when you were chatting earlier, the idea, a lot of, there were a lot of parallels in the conversation that you were happy having in terms of what people should be focused on. And I always tell people, instead of worrying about the metrics, how many subscribers you're getting or how many views focus on making your first 100 videos and not worry about the metrics. If you want to pay attention to each metric, make it video count. And yes, there are definitely specific things you want to do in terms of making a video that keeps people's attention longer. Um, but it is equally important that you're making content and you're making small improvements over time. So the general way that I approach a video is to come in with a hook, which is very short, usually a one-liner that just is most of my videos are more of a talking head style. Um, so it is to reemphasize that the people are going to get exactly what they signed on for. Uh, you know, in this video, we're going to talk about how to get more views on YouTube, that kind of thing. Um, and then uh, I will usually do a quick 
uh, a bumper or a flash of, of my logo for branding. Now, this is also where a lot of people kind of go off the rails. They head over to Fiverr and they got somebody who's plugging in graphics and, you know, uh, giving them this this 40 second intro or they'll get. Yeah. And it's just it's a. Uh, it's just way overkill. I think if you're, you really want to keep that bare minimum, you know, five seconds, maybe three seconds. I think mine is about three seconds long. Right. Um, in some cases you may just want to flash some type of branding over the video itself, but usually that's what I'll do. I'll do a hook, uh, a bumper, and then I'll do an intro. And then, um, ideally, it, depending on the type of content that you're making, people have really short attention spans. So if you can constantly mix up the video and kind of change the frame, uh, you know, every 15 or 30 seconds, just uh, do something different, transition between different scenes and things like that. You have a much better chance of keeping people's attention uh, or else they're, you're, if you're just droning on talking, they're going to lose interest and they'll see something flashy on the sidebar and they'll move on. So um, ideally, that is a good way to keep people. And, you know, then, you know, including a call to action at some point in there to depending on what your your goal is for that video, if you're trying to bring people in to subscribe, um, you know, and then close out. And ideally at the end of your video, if you can send them into another video and hey, if you want to continue to see this type of content, uh, make sure you click the video in the link or on the end screen, that kind of thing, because you want to keep them watching as much of your content and stay in session on YouTube as you can. And you believe in using cards and using all the different options that YouTube gives you to highlight other videos and give people a chance to click on to the next thing. Right. Yeah. And it, you know, one of the, the, uh, they'll often say that it, sometimes it can be a single video that kind of transforms a channel uh, because something will just really take off. And the actual video for me that that was, was kind of a high level, this is what you need to do. And I, um, it was actually kind of built on cards of existing videos. So I was saying, these are the things you need to do. This is a card for step one. This is a card for step two. And I kind of walked them through all the references that they needed. Um, and then that video took off, which obviously had good a good impact throughout my channel. Who are some creators that you enjoy watching on YouTube? So, man, I when I first started, the uh, obviously Nick Nimmin, um, Roberto Blake, Brian G. Johnson, these were all guys that I would pick, that I would watch, and I would, um, I all, I for all of them, I kind of picked up something different. Uh, I always tell people, or I highly encourage people to get your information from multiple sources. Don't just tune in to, you know, to one station playing right. the, the same message over and over again and build all your thoughts on that. So Nick Nimmin uh, was a big inspiration in terms of, um, in terms of thumbnails. He really nailed the thumbnail game uh, back when I uh, first started and he, and he continues to do so. Roberto Blake was always very straightforward when it came to the business side of YouTube, um, and which is something that I think people get hung up on the terminology more than the reality of the situation. And they're right. like, yeah, it's just a hobby. I don't want to, I'm not here to make money, you know, looking at people who are trying to make money as, as like, uh, you know, some nefarious thing. But, uh, I think the reality is that, um, you know, all of those things make sense. And then, you know, Brian G Johnson with his tube ritual community, which was a really good, a really good interactive community where a lot of people go to share and resolve resources in that regard. Um, I also worked uh, with him a little bit on developing my some of my early branding. 
Uh, so yeah, I mean, all these guys were, were big influences. Daryl Eves, obviously every time he put out an algorithm, uh, video, everybody would tune in and take notes. So, uh, yeah, all these guys were definite, uh, um, influences and inspiration in, in terms of, uh, the way I approach content and, um, you know, just kind of giving me a general sense of, of, uh, some of the things that needed to be done to be successful. Well, one of the big uh, kind of news items around YouTube and, and Google in general is uh, Google Hangouts on Air is supposed to disappear today. I haven't checked whether it's still there. It's not a, really a platform that I, I've used all that much. Do you know if it went away or if it's still? I actually don't. I've, I have <laughs> the only, I never used it, and which is probably between you and I, neither one of us had ever used it and it's gone. So we probably weren't the only ones. <laughs> Um, but the, uh, I, if I was ever on it, I was on it as a guest <laughs> on somebody else's, uh, event or, you know, live stream or something, but yeah, I, it wasn't something that I ever used. I use other, other means for those types of interactions, um, right. typically like zoom to do, um, you know, like multi-person, um, type videos. So. Uh, somebody had asked me a question, um, in a DM, if I thought that, that Google Hangouts on air going away meant that Google wasn't as committed or YouTube wasn't as committed to live streaming. And my thought was, I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's just a product that doesn't have enough users to be worth, uh, sustaining anymore. But then I did think about, well, you know, they also cut off access from the mobile app to people with under a thousand, uh, under a thousand subscribers. Do you mm -hmm. have any clue why they, why they did either of those things? You know, and yeah, yeah, I do. And I think the reason that they, uh, at least my interpretation or understanding of the reason why they cut that was to basically allow a little more control uh, I think it had to do a lot with all the, the steps they were taking to protect children. Mm -hmm. um, so they were kind of like, hey, we need to find ways to be able to, um, and this is just speculation. I could be completely off because, you know, YouTube is always great about directly telling us why they do things. But um, right. the the some of the things that they have been doing have been around protecting children, controlling liability, obviously, and making sure that they have a general sense of the content of a channel and what they're providing. Now, uh, they haven't done an excellent job of that because there's still ways to go to live stream on YouTube from mobile. You just can't use, uh, or under a thousand subscribers, you just can't use the direct go live now through the YouTube app, but you can still, at least the last time I checked, um, you can live stream through third party uh, services. And there's a lot of those out there that you yeah, could use. There are, yeah. I, I think I just assume that that YouTube Live doesn't distinguish between a mobile encoder and a, you know, a desktop encoder or a hardware encoder. As long as you're using some type of encoder to connect, exactly. Yeah. Or, then then you're not using their mobile app. And exactly. And maybe somehow that that solves a problem for them, or they didn't account for it. But uh, I'm sure it cuts out tens of thousands of <laughs> troublemakers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. Uh, you know, <laughs> it might be one thing to go on and cause a little trouble. Another thing is to learn how to use an encoding app and production software right. and things right. like that. Um, we're talking with Dan Courier. He is uh, the founder and host of the Creator Fundamentals channel on YouTube, where he simplifies 
uh, YouTube and, and really helps people get started and grow their channels. He's also putting together the People of Video Conference. It's at peopleofvideo.com. Check it out. Albany, New York in May of 2020. And uh, I'm going to say goodbye for just a second. And then we're going to bring you back on uh, along with Jennifer Quinn for the post show. Dan Curry, it's so great to talk to you and have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Ross.